You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. Today I'm talking to the Cagouls, a fantastic double act, Claire and Nikki. Uh, they dress in uh, lightweight waterproof coats and uh, don't speak and do physical comedy. But it's not necessarily the sort of physical comedy that we usually have and talk about on this show. In fact, one of the things that delights me the most about the Cagouls is how they don't really fit into any box. They sort of... I mean, I, I, and I say this as someone who loves their act. It doesn't really work on paper. It's a hard sell, I think, to describe it. Um, and it doesn't really fit into, what's the phrase? It defies categorization. And I went along to see the show. I'd seen them do sets here and there and enjoyed it. And then I went along to see Cirque de Cagoule at the Edinburgh Festival, just gone. And within a few minutes, I was sort of sitting there going, is this, who is this audience? Who are these people? What is this thing? Five or ten minutes in, I was thinking, is this... Is this? And then something just clicked and I just felt like, oh, I get this. And I just sat there with the biggest smile on my face for the rest of the hour. Big laughs, loads of really daft stuff. And often the laugh is, well, sometimes the laugh is at the audacity of how daft it is. And sometimes the laugh is in a sort of characterful way or at something else they're doing. They're, they're a lot of fun. You can see their stuff like a lot of, I mean, I'm forever saying this on the show. Uh, you can find them on YouTube, but there is absolutely no substitute for seeing them live and just letting yourself get caught up in all the silliness. Uh, I will chat to you about where you might be able to see them and indeed tour and other administrative things um, in the middle. But now, this is the Cagouls. So, welcome, Claire and Nikki. Hi. I know that I know you. We've seen each other at gigs around the place, but we've never kind of gigged together. We've never done a long run together or a car journey together. So I know you, but I don't really know you in comedy terms. Tell us about the Cagouls. In fact, no, let me, let me start with this. I saw the Cagouls last night, not for the first time, but I think it was the first hour show of yours that I've seen. And I sat there, like the first five minutes, I was going, right, what is, what is this? What is this? There's lots of crowd work in the first five minutes. And all the stuff with the, you know, coming out with the instruments and stuff. I wanted to give too much away. And about ten minutes in, this smile broke out across my face. <laughs> and I sat back in my chair... And it didn't, my face hurt afterwards because I had been smiling and laughing throughout at this fucking ridiculous thing (laughs) that you're doing. Tell us what, I absolutely loved it. Tell us, for the benefit of people who don't know the Cagouls, what it is that you do. 
uh, well, firstly, a cagoule isn't a word that everybody knows outside of the UK, which we found the first time we went to Australia and other, well... Everywhere else. Is everywhere there, else, even, yeah. Is it only a UK word? Yeah, well, it's French, obviously, originally. Oh, that's not obvious to me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we, we were shocked first time we went to Australia because p- people were coming to the show and having no idea that what we were wearing was the word. Gotcha. So they just thought cagoule was a random word that you'd yeah. come up with something uniquely Googleable yeah. for the sake of fun. Exactly. You know, yeah. just a coat. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, so a li- it's a lightweight saying, waterproof coat. Yes. We often get called the Kangles or the Kegels. Yeah. Ca- yeah. Because to someone who doesn't know what a cagoule is, you've given yourself a weird foreign sounding yes. name. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So anybody who doesn't know, uh, a cagoule is a lightweight um, rain jacket and we wear them hoods up and so you can only see our faces. And uh, specifically a cagoule is one that you don't zip all the way down the front so it's so it's over the head sort of thing. Is that right? Mm. Never yeah. knew that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's, yeah, so we wear those and we don't speak. It's um, physical comedy. We, yeah, we don't, there's no language. Um, it's very silly, but it's slapstick. We always found it very difficult explaining what the cagoules is to people. <laughs> because it's it one sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lady, we did the BBC tent, was it last year or the year before? And it was predominantly sort of women in their 50s in the audience. I don't know why it just happened to be that night. And they sort of came out afterwards and they were just like so sort of overjoyed and said, if you'd have said to me, do I want to go and watch two women prancing about wearing coats, I, you know, rain, okay. rain jackets, I'd have said absolutely not. And But... So it's sort of one of those things that you kind of have to see it to to know exactly what it is. Okay, is that is that because it is it has a kind of weird alchemy whereby it's great the experience is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes, we do say it's an experience. It is yeah. that's the the best way to put it. Actually, it's more of a an experience of well, yeah. The audience getting on board with the silliness, but they're not quite sure why yeah. <laughs> or how. Yeah, yeah. And not that we're similar, really, in any way. But sort of Blue Man Group say that it's a, it's an experience. And you know, if you said, "Do you want to go and watch some people painted blue bashing drums?" You'd be like, "No, I'm all right, thanks." But it, so it's sort of that experience of being in the room. I think not that we're as good as that. <laughs> I've never actually seen the Blue Man Group. I, I feel like I, I know it. what they are, yeah. but I don't. I couldn't describe it. Is it mainly instrument? Like I feel like it's instruments and paint. I I went to see it years and years ago, and I came out thinking, feeling like I'd been uplifted. Like it was a, a celebration of joy through. And they don't speak either. And they they were just pl- playing drums, and there was paint going everywhere, and that's pretty much it. But it it's not more than that. <laughs> 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 but it was it did. I left feeling joyous. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of what we tried to create. Yeah, and what was the what was the origin? Hmm. Well, we when we used to do so, we used to be called Wilkinson Ford Classic, just last names, um, okay. double act, and we did some of the sketches and things like that. And then these were, I think, it came from originally from just seeing a um, a couple who, from the outside, looked like they'd been married for years and years and years, and they were wearing matching coats okay sat on a park bench getting their tupperware out eating their sandwiches together um the first sketch is but looking just looking straight yeah. ahead not looking at each other <laughs> yeah. okay, okay so our first sketch that's kind of critical somehow isn't yes, it? Yes. Like yes. direction of the eye contact other, no right. conversation yeah. you know so um, we we did a sketch about that didn't we and we yeah. both wore these cagoules and we sat with our lunch boxes and opened them up and for for a while we did just that 
and um, they were in our sketch shows, weren't they? And yeah. every sketch show we did, we changed everything else but the cagoules because everybody seemed to like that more than everything else. Yeah. Okay. So in the end, we just went, let's just scrap everything else and just, <laughs> <laughs> just do the cagoules. hilarious sketch we've got about Lionel Richie. <laughs> Always died. Yeah. Always died, that one. How is that? Before, uh, that's interesting. Let's stay with that and who you were before that and why that sketch show originated and what it meant to you to drop the thing, because I'm I'm familiar with that idea that comes up on the podcast from time to time when writing jokes, you write what you think is your clever joke mm. and it turns out that the setup gets a big laugh and then the, what you thought was the punchline gets nothing. Mm. And it feels like it's that, it, it's that reaction writ large. Yeah. So how did you come to be doing a sketch show together? We were both unemployed actors, ended up living together mm. um, uh, purely by chance because we actually went to uh, drama school together, but we weren't really friends Which one? in drama school. Mountview. Mountview, okay. Yeah. Any other comedy luminaries from Mountview? I don't think so. No, it was actually more of a um, musical theatre school. Okay. But we did the acting course. We cannot sing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll tell you, I went to circus school and was like, I'm not doing anything in the air. Like, I'm, I'm a ground-based guy. I've chosen my... You know your strength. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, went to drama school together and then, like, years later, we just, yeah, weren't doing anything. We went, should we just do something? <laughs> we both kind of had interest in comedy. You were working in a comedy club, yeah. weren't you? And, and I was doing comedy characters on YouTube and stuff. And okay. we just one day just said, oh, let's just do something together. And then... Yeah. How long ago were you doing comedy characters on YouTube? Oh, uh, only a few years, like okay. there was no traction or anything. Sure, sure, sure. I just thought it was I'm, hilarious. I'm just trying. <laughs> I'm just trying to think in, in terms of the timeline. I feel like the Cagouls have been around for four years, five years. Yeah, yeah, it's not About long. Five years, but yeah. th- so okay. those characters would have been more fifteen years ago, maybe. Yeah, which is the kind of a birth of YouTube, isn't it? <laughs> like YouTube's two thousand five. Well, we've been a double act for eight years. So we did. We did. We're doing stuff for a couple, two or three years, and then we just did the calls for the last five or six. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, what to be knocking it? out characters on on YouTube. That feels like you must have been an early adopter rather than someone who. Oh, right. Everyone's doing characters on YouTube now. Mm. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, were you the first person to do a character? <laughs> I was. <laughs> first person. Don't look it up. Um. <laughs> yeah, let's say that. <laughs> But there, I mean, the reason I mention it is because one of the things that strikes me about the Cagouls is that you seem to operate outside of the ecosystem of clowning and mime and physical theatre. Yes. I feel like you're one of those groups or acts which has sort of invented itself outside of an established path. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right, because uh, uh, we're not Gaulier clowns, we're not... Um... We we try and describe it as physical theatre or physical comedy because it's you're right it's not really mime we don't we don't mime anything we haven't got any talent like that we don't, <laughs> you know, um, yeah I mean in our uh, if we're doing a, a club set we won't do that we won't use this but in a in a um, an hour show we use the screen and we always use that screen yeah and we've done that actually since even when they were sketches. Okay. We'd, we would walk into the screen and... Mm. And this, the screen, for the purposes yeah. of people who've not seen it, is a huge backdrop cloth that you can walk behind that yeah. has a perfectly fitted and sized video projection on it. Yeah. So when you walk behind it, you're visible as if you're still there. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So we yeah. could be anywhere and doing anything. 
at that time. Yeah. Um, sometimes really works, like we've done underwater versions. I've of seen that, that and sketch and it's that. incredible. We yeah. loved that one. Um, uh, and sometimes it really doesn't work. <laughs> it's really yeah. not funny. It's just mildly interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, we, we've always done that with them as well. And so, um, but it's literally, if we go to a club, uh, we can't, we, we can't, it just takes hours to set it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and that wasn't answering your question. <laughs> so you were doing uh, YouTube videos and you were working in which comedy club? Uh, the Funny Side, Covent Garden. Oh, I remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think I would that's... have met you back in the days. Then. You would or wouldn't? Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, yeah, okay. I worked there for quite a long time and I, I sort of um, would just you know see the audience to their seats and introduce the mc onto stage from from backstage okay and um i loved it and and for it, it in its heyday it was five six nights a week um saw robin williams there that was like Jesus. yeah incredible so that was like i'd always stand at the back and be a bit like oh i wonder if i should give it a bash one day okay yeah so that's how i started doing stand-up from working in there Okay, so you yeah. so you do stand up now, yeah, and you don't do stand up. You you do character characters, yeah. Okay, I've done yeah, sorts of sort of, bits and bits and pieces, yeah. Okay, so you put your sketch show together, and how long did the sketch show live before you let go of it? Three years, yeah, was it? three years. We, we we didn't do the circuit doing sketches or anything. We we just thought um, we just put an hour show together and came to Edinburgh in two thousand eleven. Oh yeah, that'll work. Yeah, <laughs> great. Right. That's what you do, isn't it? Oh, um, the Gherkin Fantasies, it was called. Okay. Um, where where were you? What Chow time? Roma. Chow Roma. Okay, tough, friend. tough yeah. room. Yeah. One o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. First show of the day. Um, we were builders somewhere else. We were builders as the, uh, the Moss Kitchen. No, it yeah. wasn't even that. Oh, it was an it? Indian restaurant which didn't even exist. So we were building a place where they wouldn't have even been able to go to find out that we weren't there to then go to Chow Roma. So oh, nice. it was really hard. But yeah, it was tough. It was great. Like, it was good, good experience. And um, I don't think we did it most days. Nobody came. <laughs> oh, man. That's tough. I mean, that's something a, a comic uh, recently put on Facebook, like, two days ago. It's been, I think, that we're in the very early part of the festival as we're recording yeah. this. We'll go out in a little while. Um, but uh, I think it's been a really <clears throat> tough opening few days. I, and has. I feel like a lot of comics this year have been very upfront about going, guys, I had literally no one in yesterday, I want to pull the show. Yeah. I had two people in. And I feel like that's sort of, it's, it's tough. I think mm. maybe this is this, this year maybe saturation point in terms yeah. of number of acts per head of the potential audience. But I also think it speaks to a kind of honesty that normally people are sort of so busy self-promoting, mm. they're unwilling to go, oh, God, it's, yeah. we're, we're flailing. Yeah. Talk to me about that experience because I think people listening to this may have had that experience or be about to have that experience next time. Yeah. How do you keep your um, uh, morale up when you're having a can shows and there's no one turning up? I think being in a double act helps because oh, you've so got the helps. other person. It really helps. Because we both yeah. know doing myself doing stand up, Claire doing characters, and you know that doing that on your own is, you know, much harder. The, Plenty of people have listened to on this podcast, the drive home from a gig when it's not been so good by yourself is hard. But so we, it, that means we can share the, the bad times and also the good times then as well. well it, th- with the Cagouls, we've never had like tears or anything, but solo we, we've had tears. Mm. You know, I'll be walking along the street going, and she's like, how's your show? I go, oh, it was awful. Oh, 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 it was so terrible. And so, yeah, we have that 
in a single um, capacity, but double yeah. act, we always go, oh, no, that was awful gig, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awful. And, you know, you just yeah. go away and... You could be conspiratorial about, about it. it. Like, oh, those yeah. guys were dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we were awful, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that you, you have to accept that as well. You know, we quite often can be. Yeah. Weirdly, sometimes one of us will think it's gone really well and the other one will think it's gone really badly. Really? Yeah. And I think I think it's down to perhaps your frame of mind going into the show. Do you that yeah. find that? If you're yeah. sort of in a not in a great place or not feeling in a certain way and you try and gear yourself up, which most of the time you do, but very occasionally it's sort of it's hard to and then you might kind of the show might have gone all right. I mean, it's never been like so, such an extreme that it's been brilliant. The other person thought it was terrible, but but if it's kind of been an all right show, um, it can tip like either way with mm. one thinking it was great and the other one thinking that, it wasn't. That is interesting. It feels like it's almost like you have a control in the experiment. If yeah. one of you's feeling pretty good, I mean, that's oh god. I'm just thinking the amount of stand up gigs I've done where it would have been great to have a version of me in a totally different yeah. mood, yeah. live the same experience, and take notes afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's something, there might be some connection there with how, like, if you have a great gig, you listen back to it, and it's never as good as you remember. And if you have a bad gig, you listen back to it, it's never as bad as you remember. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? It's like, yeah. actually, it's all a lot more medium a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. But I was going to go back to that um, uh, two people in a room in, in Edinburgh, you, you, your average audience. We mm. had a great experience one year, didn't we? The first time we did the Cagoules, when that guy... That the, the guy you man. had, to, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had one person turn up in a eighty seater room, and um, and he wanted us to do the show. <laughs> we said, well, it... <laughs> yeah. So in the first show, we had a po- so with the screen that we're talking about that we use in the first show, we had a, a point where we would take an audience member, dress him in a bear costume, and take him behind the screen. So it was pre-filmed with a bear in someone else. You know, someone else was in the bear. Our director Johnny Freeman um, came yeah. in and. And so we were like, no, you don't understand. If we do the show, there's going to be a point where you're going to be on the screen. <laughs> no one's watching you. That's definitely a hostage situation or yeah, something, yeah. you know? Like, And it's sort of not... When does that stop being a performance yeah. and start being some weird, like, experimental art piece? But he kept arguing. He still wanted yeah, he to leave. Yeah. So did you do it? No. 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 <laughs> God. I took a tenner out my purse, I think, and just said, look, there is your ticket money yeah. back. Like, we, you just, we can't. Like, yeah. you know, we said, we said like, we, we needed a min- minimum of five people, really. Yeah, yeah the moment you years, step on stage, the show ends because there's no audience yeah, to watch it's it. That's, then it's not a show, it's Yeah, it. it's a private dance. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. But for years we'd have that problem of, well, we you know, what's our cutoff point of how many people we get in the room before we do it? And yeah. and it's higher because of the audience interaction. Sure. Higher than you'd normally you know, you, as a if you if it's just you talking to people, you might do it to five people or whatever and just or think, three. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if they don't mind. But we couldn't do that. And so and so for years we had that problem. Of you know Edinburgh and and where and other festivals you go to sometimes on a wet Wednesday you will get that mm. quite often mm. and um, especially as people don't know you and it wasn't us being sort of you know drama queens it was like we needed a, a a character from the audience to use for one section like we do a, a Baywatch scene so we need somebody who could be a lifeguard and the bit that you know they have to pick Claire up. So you couldn't pick a yeah, 80-year-old right. lady who's sure. not... You know, it just wouldn't work within the scene. So mm. so there not only had to be, like, a minimum of about five, seven people, um, 
they had to be the they right type. Like. <laughs> my my street yeah. show that I did for years at Covent Garden, I needed twelve strong men. <laughs> and right, I didn't need wow. to physically hold a rope that I was going to climb up. I had to clamber up on one of their shoulders and stay there for ages. Wow. Yeah. I stayed on the rope for 10 minutes at the end, walking on it with all of them pulling it like tug of war style. And absolutely, I mean, on a in a wet Wednesday situation, there'd be people who are just like, I'll just go out there with my straight jacket. I could just use one volunteer and, you know, do the show to three people. If yeah. I need yeah. 12 <laughs> yeah. grown That's men quite a lot. who are at work now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Did, and, and when you do... I've always wondered on the street, because people can walk away, can't they? So if oh, you yeah. use, we've had times where we've, because there's, you know, callbacks with the person coming back on stage. So often we've had, if we've done stuff kind of outdoors or whatever, they've walked away and it just ruins the And you end go, of oh, oh, over there for the callback. Nope, not no, happening. No, no, ah, they've left. And you can't say that. We can't say it. No, because so you, just, you never speak. Yeah. So when we have tech troubles as well, like on the first, first um, day in Edinburgh, our, you know, you saw our show, so the first... Uh, video yes it is like an acrobatic scene um and mistakenly we had the first video also put in at the end so we so on our first show a few days ago we uh, we did the show and then the big finale was the same video (laughs) (laughs) but we couldn't explain it to the audience so we just had to sort of cut it like halfway through and then go thank you very much oh my lord what's the last video supposed to be what's the final video is it the it was supposed to be like a reprise of everything else gotcha okay yeah yeah. but that's not quite right it still needs work that bit but um but yeah it was the whole entire opening video here's the grand finale what the thing we've seen at the beginning (laughs) (laughs) it's a coda actually it's italian yeah (laughs) so that i mean that throws up another issue what do you do to rehearse the bits because you need audience members and to know how they're going to work and what they're going to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, quite often we're, we're just shit at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We have to be um, um, yeah. to find out. Um, but we do write it. We do write the show together, physically write it. And yeah. we'll rehearse together and speak as we're moving. Because okay. otherwise we yeah. can't see each other. Okay. So we have to know what each other's doing I mean, yeah. obviously we can see each other a bit but most of the time we're facing forward so we'll get so I'll go oh and I'll go over here and get this and why are you doing that why are you doing that you know and so we'll speak it through okay know, and then oh as in you because your yeah, your gestures will be what's going on yes. so you'll actually say that out we'll loud say, in yeah. order that you're yeah. communicating yeah. properly yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's weird isn't it? So well it is it's, it's, it's one of those outside of the ecosystem things that's yeah. like what a peculiar way to work, but of course that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense to us. When we go and do a gig and we, we'll do that, and if they don't know who we are or what we do... You mean the tech? The tech to yeah. the tech person. So we'll say, like, oh, so when I'll go, oh, why are you doing that, Claire? And then she'll go, oh. And then they they just look terribly confused. So we have to say, just watch this video of us. So you, and then they're like, oh, OK, so... Oh, it's this, yeah, you okay. don't actually speak. OK, right, it just takes, yeah, a bit of time to... Explain it. Yeah. <laughs> we're not doing a good job now. <laughs> <laughs> when you started, when you, you were at that Chow Roma sort of gig, how many years did you, did you say three years you did the double act? Um, we just did that. two shows. in three. Yeah, three. we did three full hour shows. The first one in Edinburgh and then we didn't come the next year. Okay. So that was 2011. The next year we didn't come, we just did a show at... We did um, it in London. Camden. Yeah, we did a show in London and then we came up every year since then. But so the... That was the second Wilkinson Ford show, but the third one in Edinburgh. Sorry, second one in Edinburgh, but the third Wilkinson Ford show. And then we, this is our fourth Google show, fourth hour. Okay. Yes. 
So when you first used the Cagouls as those characters, was there a, a, like a different quality to how the gig went? Yeah. We didn't use music for a long time. Yeah. And um, when you die and you don't speak and you don't use music, yeah. <laughs> that is the worst death you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the charity gig in Leeds? Yeah. Oh. See, I didn't. I don't remember it as being that bad. This <laughs> <laughs> is a great leveler. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It wasn't but, but what I mean is, when you when you first worked with the Cagouls, was there something that you went, "Oh, this this might be." From that, just from that first sketch when you were doing Wilkinson Forward, was uh, it clear that that thing. was a, this might be a thing? Oh, yes, right. it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but, straight away, yeah. So, so tell me about that. The first time you noticed that, the first time you felt that. Oh, I wouldn't be able to tell you yeah. when, but people would come up to us afterwards and say, oh, "What about those aliens?" Or, <laughs> yeah. or somebody said, "What about those magpies that you were playing?" And we were thinking, "What magpies? What are you talking about? You know, with the with the the coats on, <laughs> magpies with coats on." Don't know. Um, yeah, but people would always talk about that rather than anything else we did. Okay. So then, yeah, at the end of the show, we'd just go, oh, maybe should we just try and do that for longer? And then we'd do, like... Then we just went, oh, we'll do an hour show. Yeah. <laughs> who, was the, who was the first person to say, let's just do this? I don't know. I think we just both felt it, did we? I can't remember the conversation. We never reveal things like that. <laughs> 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 nice, nice. So, what, so did that feel like... Did it feel like a sort of a, a, a great moment that you're like, hey, we've got something? Or did it feel like, oh, we've been doing the wrong thing? Did it, do you feel like you had to give up the other stuff you've been working on? What is that? Because that's quite an unusual way to create a thing is I do, I do show A and a little bit of it is apparently head and shoulders better than the rest. Mm-hmm. So to kind of slough off that, the rest of show A... Did that feel like it kind of cost you something emotionally or did you were just kind of pleased no, that you had a no. thing that worked? It was scary because we didn't know whether that could work. Whether it could sustain. Yeah, we didn't know if we could do an hour of not speaking. That's, mm. you know, that's not what we were trained in. So we didn't know if that would work, but it did. Because you are properly trained actors mm. because yeah. you went to actual drama school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we weren't so attached to all the other stuff that it felt like we'd lost a leg or something. Okay. The, the crap Lionel Richie sketches. We, did, we were happy to just <laughs> let go of it and say, let's try this and let's see if it works. And then doing the first hour, it did. I mean, again, we still didn't have so many audience members to, in Edinburgh to feed that back to us, but those that did come... Um, and we started really noticing it. people were um, really happy that they'd discovered us. Okay. But that only happened when we started doing the cagouls and it didn't mm. happen before then. Yeah. Um, and other acts would start to come and other acts would start to bring people. And when we started to notice um, what we considered famous, you know, circuit comedians yes. turning up in the audience, we were like... <gasps> and people like that we're like oh my goodness that's amazing and then yeah. and then um um eddie brimson came and then he came again the second time in the first year and mm. he brought um a promoter with him and people and we started to think oh there's something yeah. in this there's something yeah so yeah it was exciting that first year even though we were still playing to you know one man yeah okay. we, we, it was exciting because then things started to happen Okay. Mm. Yeah. And what was the first bit 
of that first show that you felt like, ah, I've, we've got it? Was there like a particular routine or a particular sketch? Um, I don't, I don't think so. You mean in the first hour or? In, yeah, in the first hour or the first kind of, is there, um, I don't know, like, because you've, you've so clearly got hold of something. Do you, do you feel that? You're like, yeah. ah, this is, hang on a minute, we've got this. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just interested in the, the moment when you, when that first, like if you were stand-ups, I know you're a stand-up, but if this were stand-up, mm. the moment where it's like your first gag or your first routine that you go, oh, I think this might be the voice, I think this might be the thing I should pursue. Mm. It would have been back in the sketch, when we okay. were doing the yeah. sketches, yeah. Because they were so, and quite often, like you say, head and shoulders above the other sketches that we... Yeah, we knew there was I something. I think as in well, there. it was probably more the characters than an actual bit. So it was like, oh, these cool characters could do anything. Like they, like what happens if we do this, and what happens if we do this. So in the hour show, it was sort of just them, the characters that were doing the the different bits, rather than one specific bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so when you're making, when you made the first show, what's the difference now in how you write? Is there a difference in how you create a show and how you collage the thing? What, what's the starting point? You go, like, when in the year do you go, right, let's start making the new show? It takes such a long time. Yeah. Oh, it really... It, well, this we started making... This is a new show, Cirque du Cagoule, but we had the idea for it this time last year. Yeah. Um, and we knew we had to have a first draft of it by October if we were going to have any chance. And we still, it will still take a, at least probably another six months to get to the point where mm. it needs to be. So we we did it at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in March, April. A version of it, so half of it was still little bits from the old show. Um, okay. And um, so yeah, since October to now, it's it just changes all the time. And what's differed to have the process of writing it now is that we just get rid of bits that aren't working quicker don't we yeah we used to just try and be like oh no we can make that like that will be funny eventually and now we just go nah get rid of it so out it's <laughs> not working yeah okay so what and what were you doing in melbourne were you doing last year's show and then some previews or were you booked there to do anything and the and the anything was effectively previews for this one we were booked to do Cirque de Cagoule. Okay. Don't tell the people in Melbourne it wasn't the full show. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think everyone, a lot, yeah. lots of people, I think that's an accepted yes. practice to rotate yeah. in new stuff. Yeah. So that we, we use Melbourne as a platform. So we were trying different things there really as well and then still had bits of the old sh- of the previous show, Tootie, um, in this show. and so. But I think we'll probably take it next year because um, writing a new hour show for, for us every year is just... It's just a lot of work. And so I think the pattern has been really that we're kind of doing it two years. Back to now. Years. So, okay. we, so we'll start it in Melbourne. We'll do it in Edinburgh, still working on it in Edinburgh, and then we'll take it back to Australia next year and it'll be, you know, ten times better than it was the previous year and then maybe do it in Edinburgh next year as well. That's I've heard you say this before. It's a real... Um, shame once you get your show to the point yeah. where it needs to be, yeah. then you have to scrap it and start again. Yeah. And um, we've just sort of said recently, haven't we? Well, let's what's let's, what, why? Yeah. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, accepted practice. What does that mean to a comic? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Well, yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. As long as you say it back with their show, that you know, you're not lying to any audience members about what it is. Um, apart from the people in Melbourne. <laughs> 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 
So this is the Cagouls. Great fun talking to Nikki and Claire, uh, Nikki Wilkinson and Claire Ford, in fact, who, as you'll hear, do uh, do uh, other sort of solo stuff as well. But isn't it nice to hear a double act who are so mutually supportive? I'm not saying, hey, listen, don't start listening back to all the uh, all the other double acts that have been on the show and trying to find the fault lines, but. I mean, in some ways, that's my job. I suppose um, there is a little wicked part of me that is reminded of uh, a, a wonderful street performer and a very good friend of mine, Vince Henderson. Uh, and uh, Vince always used to try and break up me and Noel in my street double act, the unknown stuntman. Uh, the unknown stuntman. <laughs> that's telling. Uh, he was the only one that did any stunts. Um, we were a double act called the Unknown Stuntmen, and uh, because we did stunts which were unknown, and uh, and Vince always used to try and break us up, like you know, in a comedy kind of tongue in cheek way, and he'd always be like, as a sort of riff, he'd always be telling us, uh, oh, you know, so what what are you going to leave when he? What are you going to do when he leaves and goes off and gets famous? He'd be having that conversation with both of us simultaneously, and I suppose there is whenever I talk to a double act or more, there is that kind of like, I'm going to break these guys up, sort of. Little, you know, uh, uh, conceit, if you will. Um, but how important... And, you know, and obviously, with, like, with, um, with, if you remember the episode with no such thing as a fish, actually chipping away and sort of probing at what are the fault lines, what are the, the power dynamics, what's the power play at work, um, that yielded some really interesting results. The Cagouls are so robust in their friendship and mutual love and support that uh, they are completely bulletproof to that sort of chicanery. What a sentence. Well done, Goldsmith. First thing on a Monday morning. Um, so more from them in just a second. You can find them at The Cagouls. That's K-A-G-O-O-L-S and T-H-E as well, if you want to be specific, at The Cagouls on social media and www.thecagouls.com. Do I remember Stephen Fry years ago saying that we should just say wuh, 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 because there's far fewer syllables than www. Um, you can get my tour details at www.comedians. I, I absolutely am never going to say that again. Comedianscomedian.com slash tour. And you can follow my social media presence, such as it is, at ComComPod. And listen, it's been a long time since we've done a sort of Twitter game. My all-time favourite was when we did um, name the tribute acts to various comedians, and people would uh, tweet with things like uh, Beta K. I mean, come on! It works less well if you pronounce it Beta, but who does that apart from Americans? Um, so if you've got an idea for a Twitter game, let's have one of them. Someone uh, 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 tweet at ComComPod with an idea for something. It's hard to think of a game, isn't it? I had to think of some features for a radio show recently, and uh, that is hard when you have to sort of sit down and rack your brains. You've got to go right back to basics on your creative process on that um, so if you have an idea for a Twitter game throw one at me he lazily said expecting everyone else to do all the work uh, the tour's going great a bit more about that in the after blurb uh, if there is one but uh, for now let's return to Claire and Nikki when you say it takes a lot of work to make a new show is that what kind of proportion is the work, presumably the video stuff. Like, you, before you can video anything, you need to know exactly what the routines are, you need to have choreographed it all. That's one of the biggest things is, yeah, we, we have to um, we have to have a really good idea about the videos. And quite often, like, even in this show, we've mm-hmm. scrapped <clears throat> so much of the, that we've filmed because oh, yeah. we've tried it out and it's not worked and mm. we've had to scrap it. So we've had quite a few filming days where we've had to refilm. then we've got to scrap that. There's some stuff we've gonna have to scrap again yeah <laughs> so it's not you know and we can't change it on the fly either we can't change it whilst we're 
in front of an audience who aren't going for it, we go, oh, sorry, this is going to be it now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So talk to me about filming the, um, the swimming pool bit. Because that's um, incredible. That's on your website. As I saw the yeah, clip from that. Yeah. Which show was that from? Was that from Tutti? Yeah. So you're when I first saw it, like you dive in, yeah. you run into the sides of the screen, and I thought, oh, this is clever. They've put a blue filter on it, and they're lying on a floor. Mm. And then I went, oh no, they're actually underwater. <laughs> you're underwater in a cabool, which doesn't seem safe. Yeah. <laughs> so, it wasn't safe. So where, where, and when, and with whom did you film it? That's such a, a an epic. It was in um, Froom near. Yeah, and um, it was sort of a B and B place, and they had a swimming pool in the back. Basically, they um... no swimming pool would allow us to do this because the health and safety really was non-existent. We got a friend to come over and just like put, 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 you know, point a stick in if if one of us looked like we were drowning. well, we didn't even do that in the beginning. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. So, so this lady let us film in the back. They normally she didn't know what it. we were doing, so we just said, "Oh, can we just do? Yeah, yeah, yeah." And um, my old uni friend, um, Mark Sharman, he's an underwater cameraman, and he um, ha- handy contacts. Handy, exactly. <laughs> he lives in Bristol, and so he um, came with all his stuff and uh, very kindly filmed it for us. Um, and he, <laughs> so he came with weights and things like that, stuff we hadn't even thought of. Of course. Oh, we've got to sink to the bottom, you yeah. know, things like that. Yeah, and, uh, so we'd ha- have, like, weights around us and we'd be at the bottom. I, re- I remember I was the first person to go and I was in the bottom, had weights around my my um, waist, my ankles, in my back pockets as well, filming it. And we hadn't discussed the getting out part. Oh, so God. I was just at the <laughs> There'll bottom. be scuba divers listening to this thinking, <laughs> yeah. get out, get out, work on a plan, train for three days. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. This is what the pool's used for as well as scuba divers. Like she rents it out for. So we just sort of went, oh yeah, it's just some, you know, we didn't really fill her in too much with what it was. Oh. So yeah, then then our friends who had gone with us just, I was sort of like, <laughs> like get her out, and then poke a stick in, and then pull me out, and then okay, we'll we'll have a plan of action after this. Um, or at least an order in your head. I'll get rid of the ones in my pockets first, and then undo my belt, and that probably will take me ten seconds. I just oh god! Panicked. <laughs> but that was that was I'm that water scene swimmer. was the second time we'd done an underwater scene. Oh, yeah. The okay. one you saw because we did one in the previous show as well. Yeah, but it that wasn't was it, so wasn't complicated. It was when I drowned yeah. in the first show. Yeah. So that was just a, like a drowning scene. Whereas this one, that that water scene. We thought, oh, let's go back to Froome. <laughs> yeah. And do that again, but do it like as in a, you know, synchronized, synchronized yeah. swimming sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Which is really hard to st- even just stay still in the screen. Like, because you've got, so you've got your legs on the, in the screen, in the water, and then in real life, our uh, top half is coming out the top of the screen. But keeping your legs still in, in water, you know, you sort of move a, out a little bit so it was hard to just say still because if you were moving about on the screen you've then got to do that yeah in real okay. life with your top half yeah so finding stuff to put behind the screen to stand on to be it's always like been our problem in different places as well isn't it yeah well if we'd had the money for um, mm. um pine wood especially built yeah and have, do you work with a videographer to kind of work on special effects or stuff? You do it all yourself? Yeah. My first degree was in TV production, so so there's a, an element of that. Nikki's first degree was in contemporary dance, so that's why we have so much dance in it as well. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so we we sort of bring our other elements to the show. Is that How much of that is by design and how much of it is just... Look, 
Like you, you like that. That makes so much sense that one of you knows how to video stuff and the other one knows how to choreograph dance. Like, oh yeah, of course. Like, where else could this have gone? <laughs> There's two women in cocoons yeah. underwater. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are the limitations of the cocoons and the way the way that you work? Because what you do, you just kind of whip up this ludicrous. It's just daft as a brush. And the audience are loving it. And I've seen you, when I've seen you gig, when I've, I've seen you do like a, you know, a 10 or a 15 minute thing. And you, it's an unfollowable kind of raucous interactive environment. What are the, what are the limitations of it? In, in sort of career wise? Or, oh, well, um, I mean, if you like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute. But like, I mean, kind of creatively, what, what, how are your options? Because you benefit a lot from the fact that you are so visually recognisable. You have this, I don't know if anyone's, if you've sort of considered this, but one of the things about the clown's red nose is they say it's the smallest mask in the world mm. because you put it on and suddenly your eyes become huge. If you look at like boiler tape on his face, that the gaffer tape over his face makes it look like he's got huge eyes. Mm. You have a similar thing whereby you've cut off everything apart from your face. So mm. your face is already very expressive. Huge face. Become massive. You know, they become <laughs> enormously expressive. Yeah. There are all those advantages. What are the disadvantages? Um, well, I was going to say, I don't know if this answers the question fully, but it, 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 in the fact that we're quite unique is a great thing on a bill. That also could be a, is a limitation because people think they won't like it. So it's hard for us to kind of get ourselves out there. People just think they won't like it. So that's sort of a limitation. What, what is, why do people, why do you say that? But, but, like I said about the lady, um, who saw us last year, oh, I wouldn't like two women in cagoules. It's very difficult and it's very much a live thing at the moment. So it, even seeing it on a, a video doesn't necessarily come across as how it is in the room. So that can be a limitation. Because you've gone for such a strong flavour. Like you've gone for, this is the choice, we've made this choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can't adapt to fit into whatever it is. It's, that's just sort of what it is. On a practical level, we couldn't go on and do pa- panel shows or yeah. anything like that, could we? Sure. You know. yeah so we yeah we are limited in that sense but it but that also no language and all of those things can open us up to say the asian market do you work or, in japan uh, not yet but no. we're oh to... you've got to work in japan guys yeah, yeah okay so they're all about double acts as well in japan aren't they of course yeah. yeah so so we are limited in in like you know your traditional stand-up tv route but we are not limited in terms of the world. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there, so there are those kind of benefits to it. And, of course, one of the most obvious things is that you must sweat buckets. <laughs> I mean, like, it's the, mo- it's the worst thing. I yeah. once did, um, uh, when I was at college, we did a show with four of us where we were wearing painter's overalls, like those kind of complete suits, those white suits, on top of full evening dress wow. and it was a reveal at the end that it kind of came out and we were booked to do a gig in Sardinia <laughs> in the desert <laughs> so we're in the desert with the sun beating down and it looks you know yeah first time we went to Australia we did Perth um fringe oh, world God. it was a, a heat wave they hadn't had before so it was like 46 degrees or something and um we were in a, we tent. Were in a tent the air conditioning's broke so we're in a tent in co- i mean we, we were stood there before even we bowed with sweat you know dripping oh, into our eyeballs the audience were, were they hated being yeah, in they there. were just sat there like why are we all doing this <laughs> <laughs> it's just dreadful. and uh yeah so that that's our worst one but most of the time we don't notice it until we come off the stage and then yeah, we take take our hoods off and our whole hair 
it's all stacked oh. off. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. When we start making the big box, we'll get someone to make us a breathable cocoon. I was going to say, have you tried other versions? Are there any I mean, fabrics out there that you that are breathable somehow? Because it's just nylon, isn't it? It's that terrible, and it's all inside. It's yeah. they're meant to be um, waterproof, aren't they? So yeah, yeah, so it keeps everything in. Is there not another type attractive? Of, can you drill holes? <laughs> have you tried adapting the things? No. no. Never tried. No. <laughs> Don't you do you. <laughs> what, what, we, what we did in Perth that year, we found a solution was that, so we just wear a black vest underneath. Mm. Um, and so we just used to sit in cold water, put the black vest on so oh, that nice. you were nice and cool before the show started. And then, yeah. Gaffer <laughs> taking little trick. ice blocks, ice packs and stuff <laughs> yeah. around you. Jesus. Yeah. So. so talk to me more about your the dynamic of you as a double act. Like it's obviously sharing the successes and the failures. That's that's really positive. Um, is one of you the boss? Is it all completely democratic? Is one of you not the official boss? But does one of you? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> uh, no. We we've found our roles, like things yeah. that we do. So Go on. Well, I'll do the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pack the car. She's um, the packer. Yeah. Yeah. I like to make sure things go, um, you know, we know where they are in the thing, so I'll do all the packing. And that means that you know show. where they are. Yeah. I have the same relationship with my wife. Do you? The thing, I put the things in there, I'm in charge. I this is my, don't do it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a system that I've arbitrarily decided. Yeah, yeah, and I just look at the system going, oh, all right, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we do have our roles. And it's interesting you bring up your wife because we feel like it's a marriage. Okay. Yeah, because we, um, and that's why it's working for so long is because we are in a marriage that's well that's good it <laughs> she's looking at me like I feel like you're about to propose <laughs> <laughs> that's a very beautiful moment <laughs> wow I was talking about um, packing the car <laughs> <laughs> um that we um give each other freedom we give it you know we if one of us makes a mistake it's never a blame situation yeah um we we make a lot of mistakes are we you know we leave a laptop in a venue we leave a prop we leave this with it's never we never get angry with each other that's really important because it's a team situation yeah if one of us has made a mistake we've both made the mistake that's yeah. it. You guys. <laughs> I've never heard a double act talk like that I before. That's incredible. I remember myself, if I, do you remember when I left the super soaker on Calgate? <laughs> oh, I was so, I, and we were just she walking so to a gig and I was just really annoyed with myself. But then you get, to, you know, you said, don't worry, it's a bloody super soaker, we'll just get another one tomorrow, it's fine. So, yeah. yeah. We have to be like that because, um, uh, also the freedom thing. If one of us wants to do something in a solo sense or yeah. gets a role in something, we have to just go, okay. Yeah. If that's okay. something you want to do, that is something we've decided. We have to decide it to together. That's what yeah. an incredible I've literally never heard anyone talk oh, really? in that kind of way before of going, if you want to do that, then that's what we want to do. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever argue? Yeah, but not probably once a year. Yeah. It's not it's not very often. And what sorts of things kick that off? Oh. Often it's just like if you're stressed and tired and or something and it would just be something that's on another day perhaps wouldn't you know yeah something silly <laughs> massive the biggest argument before we like <laughs> decided to <clears throat> yes let's go for this like so in the early days um we were doing something I don't know we'd bought a prop on we were in Clapham in London we'd bought a prop and it was a teddy bear with a heart that said I love you <laughs> <laughs> and um 
I can't even remember what... Can you remember what the argument was about? No, it was. Just... it's always a stressful situation. Like, we're getting a, a show together and we'd, we were about to preview a new show for the first time that night. Yeah. And um, so we had to get this prop and it was really important we had this we teddy had bear that we didn't use in the end anyway. Um, um, you ended up walking off down We were just Clapham shouting at each other on Clapham High Street. <laughs> but she's holding this teddy thing. I love you. Which just kind of really added to the... And she I'm walked like, off and I went... Nikki! <laughs> and then she came running up. <laughs> I went, I'm sorry. And we had a big hug with the, with the teddy bear and Yeah, so it doesn't. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to last this long. It's been eight, it's key, eight years. isn't it, to a yeah. double act? I mean, I know like lots of double acts kind of, they say they, you know, didn't get on and double acts in history or whatever, but you couldn't, you couldn't drive around and do what we do without getting on. No, the, the amount, amount of times time. we we spend, <laughs> we finish each other. <laughs> um, we spend hours and hours and hours traveling together mm. on planes, in the car, um, wherever, just together all the time. We've heard each other's stories about our previous lives over and over again, and. Um, it's mostly me. <laughs> and Nikki listens to it every time and doesn't say, I've heard that before. She just listens. I'm just going to pick on the phrase, previous lives. Oh. Like, do you feel this is a, this life that you have together is, right. it's a new life? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's something that's, um, well, it's certainly very, we're living a very different life to how we used to live. Yeah. And it's sort of, trickles out into everything else doesn't it mm. partners and family and you know um you're sort of part of claire's sisters like i'm sort of the the fourth sister and, you know. and i share nikki's parents because my parents uh, uh passed away and uh, yeah. um Nikki's parents are now like they they've got a room for me in the attic. They call it Claire's room. Oh <laughs> man, this is just a wonderful whole story. <laughs> and you've got lots of you've got problems. lots of sisters. I've got two sisters. And you an only child. Uh, no, I've got a brother. Oh, you brother? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We don't share Simon. Do we? No, <laughs> <laughs> he's off on his own. Yeah. me. And is it difficult to have partners? Yeah, yeah. and. Did they get on? This is quite a recent thing, really. Okay. They haven't met yet. They're about to meet on Friday. Guys are so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they have met. They've they have met. met. Yeah, oh, they yeah. have met. But, they, but he wasn't my partner then. Yeah. 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 Anyway. What are your favourite qualities about each other? Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Nikki can create a party in any room. Like, if Nikki walks in and she wants the party started, she will be able to make it. And she won't let it end, either. She will not let a party end. Um, as you know, <laughs> at the beginning of um, our Kagul shows, it's a, it's, a, it's a party. We want to create this party atmosphere. Yeah. That's always coming from Nikki. Okay. She, at the beginning of a, a show, or we're writing a show, she's like, right, I want to start with a party, and then we end with a party. <laughs> Just trying to spread the joy, man. Yeah. <laughs> that comes from Nicky, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Um, <laughs> uh oh. Haven't got me. Claire is a very good um, listener. Like, you know, if you've done something like really bad, or like she's just a good friend. Like, if you've done something really bad, she'd help you bury the body, kind of thing. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm not saying I've killed anyone. If I, if I <laughs> accidentally killed someone, Claire would help me bury the body. And you can tell Claire a secret and she won't, absolutely won't tell anyone else. There's a, there's a, a friend of Claire's has told her a secret who's another comedian and I, I, she will not tell me what it is. <laughs> I will say this. Oh, no, I'm saying the comedian, so I won't say you the thing. Yeah. That's right. So, But, but I, know I can who it sometimes is, but say I the thing, but is. I won't say who it is. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. So it depends which way around. So it's like a double blind. Yeah. It's like a cipher. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, even though we are, like I said, practically married in mm. terms of how much time we spend. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. And you're like that as well, though. Yeah. Oh, no, I wonder, I'm not like a gossip or anything. So. <laughs> I just think you're like, you're, you're very loyal. That's oh, your best quality. That's good. And what winds you up about each other? Oh, I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um... um Sometimes, <laughs> I feel like we're in counselling now. <laughs> sometimes, um, well, keeping a secret, sometimes you do that about yourself. So it'll be like, there'll be a problem or something and she won't. And she'll just be in a mood, a general mood. And I and I don't <laughs> like that kind of, like, let's just talk about it and get, and you can share it with me and then we can, you know, get on. So I'll just ask her if she's all right about 20 times until she snaps at me. <laughs> I'm fine. And then I'll go, all right, she's not going to talk about it, so that's cool. I think, I think that, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, mine's probably the same as the good thing. Um, I wondered about that. Yeah, yeah. The party never ends. So, yeah, sometimes towards the end of a festival, Nikki will be partying round the clock. Yeah. Um, Claire doesn't like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the same level of ambition? Yeah. Yeah. And what is that? What do you want from the Kagouls or from your from your other careers? We want to be, like we were talking about worldwide um, shows, we want to be on that Blue Man Group type stage. We, you've seen that well, our screen. We make those that screen. Well, mm. actually, Nikki's dad made that, that screen this yeah. time and yeah. then Linda went and got it sewed by a lovely old lady Maureen up the road. The <laughs> <laughs> I noticed your hula hoop had a tearaway, like oh, a yeah. Velcro. We that, that was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we make everything. And, um, and that's good on some level, but we've got ideas that we've always wanted to try, like coming down on, um, what do you call it? Harnesses, harnesses from the ceiling into the into screen, the screen that way. And yeah. stuff like that. And there's piranha fish underneath and we're going up and down or something like that. And we've got ideas like that that we can't do without the big, the big productions. Yeah. And so, yeah, we would love to have that. And, oh, putting all everything away when you're all sweaty. Yeah. And we would love to have... It's all yeah. yeah, sure. I had a slight diva moment, just in my own head, yesterday. We cut, I mean, it's three metres wide and almost two metres tall, our screen, so it's, it's, it's big. Is that the right dimension? Yeah. yeah. And so, and we have to, like, carry it past, and then there's everyone else's props there, and you've got to slide it through <laughs> in the side of the stage. And, and I'm sweating, and I've, I've had my head in a bowl, and I'm, you know, and... and just in my head, I was like, I can't wait for the days when someone does this for me, <laughs> you know. I'll probably still pack, but I just like the heavy, you know. Yeah, she likes kind to of pack still. Carting stuff around is, um, yeah, it's just tough, like, you know, because as a stand-up, you turn up, you need a mic, oh, you know. And we... I carried a case with me for years. <laughs> and so when know. I became a stand-up, I was like, the rule is no props yes, ever. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, I'm using a laptop to use a projector, but I'm desperately trying to work out where to do it with my phone, so I don't mm. even need to carry my laptop yeah, around my house. totally. It's, um, yeah. 
potential for loads of things going wrong as well. Yeah. When you're using props. Yeah. And tech. Your vision of, you mentioned Blue Man Group a couple of times. Do you ultimately want to franchise the act and have a couple of Korean ladies being the cagouls? <laughs> Couple I mean, of Chinese ladies being the cagouls. Is that does that interest you, or is it that you want to be there, but you want to tour for the rest of your lives? I think we want to tour <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Yeah, no. because like if you you know like the world dominate the Blue Man Group thing, that yeah. feels like a ten year plan. Yeah, and yeah. that's if it's you, that's a lot of that's ten more years of. Uh... Yeah. I'd like to do it just as for the next till we get to that point, and then we can talk about that. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Like once we're like. I mean, it's very, very physical, our shows, so um, I'm packing a bit of Christmas weight at the moment and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite tough, to be honest. So um, so I think it might get to a point where we, where we have to have that conversation about franchising it anyway, but we have talked about it. I mean, it's a lovely thought to be able to get thought. to that point. Um, our agent certainly wants us to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's worldwide. It's touring... And that's um, what we'd like. I've got, I, I'd like little, you know, like uh, little dolls and stuff. Like oh, Hello Kitty. Yeah. Google dolls. Oh, that's crazy. Not Hello Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, just just to be, yeah. I want to make money, Stu. Mm. That's what I want to do. And we're not really at the moment. It's tough. We've got to for Howard and Linda. Yeah, Howard yeah. and Linda. Yeah. And it is, yeah, that's interesting. You're not making money. I feel like you're a success and you're selling tickets. Yeah. But you're not making money. It's, it's very difficult. Um, even when we get um, headline bookings and, and things like that, we're, we're still splitting the money. Yeah, of course. So people don't, uh, you know, we're... They don't pay you more. They don't give you two hotel rooms either. You have to just either spoon or have twin beds. <laughs> <laughs> we hate that. That is women. one yeah. thing we really hate. Not, not, I mean, it's fine to have twin beds, but we do not like sharing a bed. Sure. Mm-mm. It's been work we've not got because of being a double act, because the budget only stretches to, and they, you know, they've sort of gone, well, we can't stretch to paying two people, so. And you doing And you wouldn't survive on a double act, you know, yeah. on, the, on a solo person wage. Mm-hmm. Are you doing corporate stuff? Not many, no. And we really, really think we could. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Let's put a pin in that as well. I've got some <laughs> thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, 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 yeah, we want to we do it all, really. We love doing the show. It's so much fun. So yeah. we just want to be doing it and be paid properly for it. And do you work with the same director every time? No. no. Did you have a director on the most recent show? No. This show, no. Ah, just okay. Yeah, yeah. We might get one in at a point, I think. Mm. Might probably be around now that we should probably do that. <laughs> um, yeah, we've had different directors for the last three shows and then and that, just haven't on this one. How has that been working with different... What what have you got most out of each relationship or what, what has worked and what hasn't worked in terms of direction? Because you are very much like you're the unit, you've got the vision. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, they all bring different things. Yeah. And that's a good thing, but... Uh, we can't stay with the same director because then that would uh, become something different, I think. Um, <laughs> the, um, Dan Clarkson brought the hammer. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember which one Last of you I, tweet, I texted both of you after the show yeah. about I don't want to give away the moment yeah. but I did use the word hammer in capital letters uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know I didn't know about the hammer last year oh that's yeah. a funny yeah, thing you brought up it. nobody um, even the other day even Nikki's parents said to me oh when you did that thing and I'm thinking in my head I'm not going to tell you but that was actually your daughter <laughs> that thing. so nobody uh, they uh, think we're twins sisters yeah, people because think we're it's just the, the same the PR wise, you should probably tell everyone you're your twin sisters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to learn a northern accent, or I'll yeah. learn a southern one. Yeah. <laughs> Separated at birth. Can't remember what I was saying. Um, yeah. Directors. Oh, directors. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it is useful. I mean, uh, in Tutti was um, uh, Javier Hakim, Card Ninja. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. He, um, he did, um, he directed Tutti, and he brought in like a magical element, and we. Um, we used um, magic that year for the yeah. first time, and um, that was really useful because he he's so talented on lots of different things, isn't he? Mm, yeah. um, um, so, and he he's a brilliant director, actually. We yeah. would love to use him again. But, yeah, it's um, just nice using different people that bring different elements, and I yeah. think it, it, there's a, the possibility of it being a bit stagnant if yeah if it's the same person. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, saying that that it's. The director's job is just to go. Oh, actually, when you're doing that over there, she's yeah. doing that over there. So, yeah. so, and we play. We have to play major and minor a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, with um, you know, if if Nikki's doing something that's interesting, I need to either look at her or be still. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. We, we, we learned that very early on. We can't both be trying to get attention. That's not. <laughs> that's not a thing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the director's job is just to tell us when that's happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. And have you, would you ever work with a director who is more part of the the clowning ecosystem? What do you mean? Well, like someone like a kind of Dr. Brown uh, right. type person. Um, we feel, like you say, we feel like outside of that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it's it, so, sorry, go on. It, well, well, yeah, so our, um, our first director was Johnny Freeman, who's, um, who's an actor. Tried a little bit of stand up, didn't he? But yeah. didn't really go down that route. He's definitely good, an actor. Though. Yeah. Um, have have your Hakeen um, does stand up. He's also the card ninja, which is a, a you know family friendly show. Um, and then Dan Clarkson, who directed Potted Potter. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah um, so he's, he's Olivia the... nominated director. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we actually didn't spend too much time with Dan. Sadly, did we? Mm-hmm. Just because of where we were and stuff. It, it, he literally. I mean, he came a few times in Edinburgh, but. Um, we literally had maybe one or two sessions with him. Um, so it's nice to use people from all different, you know, um, genres mm. of, so not necessarily, so I, I guess we wouldn't say no to using a clown. Yeah, no, that sounded really <laughs> negative. Yeah. Actually, uh, uh, Dr. Brown was my favourite ever act. Um, yeah. when he used to come to the fringe all the time and I, I used in to love with him. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we, all, we all were. We he's all the were. he's the one person I'd like if I bumped into him in the street I'd just go <laughs> 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 uh, I loved I loved what he did and and um um uh, all that genre I I absolutely adore it. Mm. Um but I don't think we are like that. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's not, it wasn't a negative thing at all. Mm. Sure. Yeah. We, you mentioned Rob Deering earlier. He, he's Since we were like, oh, my God, because Rob Deering came to our show in Brighton 
in, was that our first show? 2014 or something. Yeah. And that was when we were like, oh my God, Rob Deering's in the audience. <laughs> I feel exactly the same. He was Do the you? first ever guest on the Comedians Comedian really podcast. Hilarious. I was a huge fan of Rob. Worked with him last yeah. night doing Beat This. Oh, we're doing it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, so it's wonderful. Well, he's now he's our mate and we're like, oh, it's great. And he's directing a few shows this year, isn't he? So, and when we last gigged with him, he was like, oh, I'd love to direct you. Oh, God. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So we're like, well, yeah, you know, so it's kind of like if we just like people and we find them funny and yeah. they they know because you've got to know what the cuckolds is you have to have seen it and love it and kind of yeah be part part of the whole um and so so yeah it could it could be anyone as long as they they've sort of share the vision you know so rob directors next year yeah finally then you mentioned before about it being family friendly that kind of came up and i noticed there were tons of kids there last night at what time is your show is it six fifteen yeah do you is that something that you set out to court as a as a market? No, no. no because there were a couple of moments I was like, oh, they, there's a hammer bit. There's yeah. you know, they, they, yeah. you. I don't want to sort of butcher any material, but there are a couple of moments which are quite kid friendly, and a couple of moments yeah. which aren't so much. Yeah. So, what's going on? What's your feeling about that? Oh, it's a real endless. Um... It's a double edged sword. Yeah. It, it, because because um, it. It just accidentally was family friendly. Because we don't speak, so there's nothing offensive language-wise. swear and all of those things. Um, There's some some pelvic movements in there. There's a bit of thrusting. (laughs) Yeah, we've we've talked endlessly about that, whether we can do that. I like to call it Ford's fun thrust. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if we're booked for a kid's gig, we'll make sure everything is out. But if it's our gig, no, if it's our show, yeah. we'll, we'll just say, look, it's family friendly. It's up to you, PG. It's sort whatever. of PG, yeah. yeah. We might be listed wrong in the um, yeah, we might be. this year because it's five plus, but ah, yeah, but it's but we've PG. Had, we've had babies in, and babies love it because it's obviously there's there's lots going on, and they can kind of understand it mm-hmm. in the same way. Mm. Um, and lots of parents will say oh, I only sort of sat in the back because I wanted to see it. And actually, my child just sat there for the whole hour watching yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was watching my, yeah. my uh, toddler and baby coming up and I think that both of them would... Uh, I can absolutely imagine my baby going, he's being transfixed. <laughs> you know, there's enough going on. And, yeah. you know... It, there's a very clear distinction for me between a family show and a kid's show. And... I don't think there is so much for, for a lot of people. So yeah. they just they just put you in this bracket of, oh, it's a kid's show, the Googles do kid shows. Sure. Lots of people just think that about us. And actually, I think being family-friendly is a real positive. It's kind of like you can come with your whole family. For us, we can sell four or five tickets instead of two. Yeah. But what you then sort of fall into the, the danger of is that um, a couple without kids think, oh, it's family, so it's not for me. Yeah. It absolutely is for them. As well, because yeah, we do for everyone. We would do better with a drunk crowd on a Saturday night, yeah. Than than I mean, you know, on a club set mm-hmm. with a club set. But, yeah, um, truth be told, we don't really like kids in the, in the <laughs> audience, but but it, it creates a very different show. But if there's a few kids with family and mostly adults, then that's when it's kind of the best because you can use the kids for little things like trying to make the kid drink gin or yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and it's only funny if there's adults around. That's not funny to other kids. Do you know what I mean? So sure. it's not. Um, so yeah, it's a hard one. We've been it debating it one. for years. Yeah. yeah. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
happy. I mean, you've got to be the happiest double act I've ever spoken to. <laughs> I'm just in love with the idea of if one of us wants to do this, then we both want to do that. Yeah. Is there is there a danger that you get a big stand up gig or that you get or one of you gets some acting work yeah. and it takes you away and you know if one of you is successful elsewhere mm. is that is that on your mind? Oh yeah, I mean it's come up a few times the potential of um, once you were in the last ten to be the face of Hull, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> the whole face of Hull. The face of Hull. Um, yeah, so that would have basically been a whole year working for the BBC and Hull. You know, doing it was the city of culture year, so 2017. Okay. So it would have been all the radio bits and the TV bits and whatever. Being the face of Hull, just generally walking around waving at people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got to the final ten, but, but didn't do that. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, if um, certainly with stand up, I, I, I we haven't really touched on this too much, but I don't really do much stand up. I don't gig regularly because we're sort of at the moment just following the thing that's working so the googles is definitely working so that sort of you know takes me away from from doing that but you still kind of want to keep your toe in in everything else so um yeah we'll just play it by ear I think and in terms of happiness as well we we are happy individually we're not uh so if that our happiness isn't residing in the googles it's not that that's making us happy um if if we did go our separate ways and and Nikki did get the face of Hull or Scarborough or wherever um it's not it I would still be happy so I'm I'm still I'm happy as myself and I think that's yeah. really important um we're very lucky I'm not saying it's anything we've done we're just very lucky to be in happy places in our lives at the same time as this happening yeah so it's not residing on it if you get what I mean thanks girls thank you <laughs> Nikki Wilkinson and Claire Ford there, the Cagouls, thecagouls.com and at the Cagouls on social media. Cagouls in every instance spelt K-A-G-O-O-L-S, something, something, copyright. Um, so uh, feel free to find them, find their stuff. If you're in Australia, they are always at the Australian festivals and uh, if you, they are very frequently at Edinburgh and try and catch them around and about the place because it's just such a delightful sort of, I whimsical isn't the right word, but you know, it's just daft as a brush, and it works despite everything, and I love it. So that's that. Coming up on the podcast, we have Greg Turkington, a.k.a. Neil Hamburger, Chris Fleming, brilliant Chris Fleming, uh, who's certainly worth giving a YouTube. He's huge on YouTube, does some brilliant, brilliant uh, sitcom stuff and uh, very funny music videos, even for the sorts of people that the idea of very funny music videos strikes a chill in your heart. Uh, Matt Besser, co-founder of the Upright Citizens Brigade, excellent uh, improviser and stand-up comic. I grabbed him at Montreal. He's coming up probably next week. We'll smash out the episode with Jim Owen because it was so much fun speaking to someone else who loosely identifies as being from Leamington Spa. That's got to, that's got to be a top quality uh, trivia question in there somewhere. Technically, Jim Owen was born in Lem. Who could believe it? Um, and Carl Hutchinson, uh, one of the uh, northeastern powerhouses of, uh, of young British stand-up. And um, we've got to put a bit of space in between the Cagouls and Carl Hutchinson's episode because uh, they strike a similar note in terms of being absolutely impervious to... Uh, mental health problems <laughs> like the Carl Hutchinson one is you it's literally an hour of me sitting down and going so come on you can't be this happy and him going no man I am I'm buzzing like it's just that for an hour and it's uh, it's very special and lovely so um that's all to come 
Uh, thanks very much. We won't listen. There's no post amble today. It's Monday morning where I am, where and when I am, and I've got loads of stuff to crack on with. Um, you can come and see my stand-up show end of, which remains at this point. I mean, not counting Primer, which was really fun but unfinished. Uh, this is the best show I've done, and you can come and see it this weekend uh, at Tenmouth Pavilions on the 25th, Swindon Arts Centre on the 26th, and then the next few dates after that are Nottingham Glee Club, Bristol, the Comedy Box, Aldershot, the West End Centre, Corsham, the Pound Arts Centre, um, and Newcastle Stand, which is an early show on the 1st of February. I mean, that's in February. What's the point of selling you these dates? Now, jump. I'll tell you what the point is. Jump on and buy tickets in advance, please, to soothe my beating heart. Newcastle Stand, Glasgow Stand, Farnham Maltings, The Basement in York, Hyde Park Book Club in Leeds. Those are newly on. Those are the 11th and 12th of February. And Cambridge Junction in the big room at the junction. So please flock along to that in your droves uh, for a full two-hour extravaganza. uh, Two hours plus an interval uh, on the 28th of February. That's all of that. Uh, Comedianscomedian.com slash tour. And I will... What did I call it? An after blurb. A post-amble is also called an after-blurb from now on. We'll do you an after-blurb next week, um, but for now, let's get on with our lives. Lots of love to you. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.